What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Falcons' Final Whistle. I'm Scott Baer, alongside Tori McElhaney and Chris Rim. And as we do each week, we are going to answer a question of our own cho- Okay, of Tori McElhaney's choosing, let's be honest. <laughs> and we're going to offer great perspective. We're going to offer rationality. We're going to bring all the things you hope for in sporting discourse you're probably not going to generally find on talk radio. God bless you all, but it's true. Uh, nonetheless, we are going to tackle uh, a big one this time, one where I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of different positions or a lot of different opinions, and that is, what is the Falcons' biggest need? Now, the one thing is there's plenty of positions to choose from <laughs> on this roster. You can go a number of different directions. You can definitely prioritize, and I think it brings into greater scope one absolute unquestionable fact is that this Falcons roster, as it works its way through the salary cap, needs a lot of work, man. It really does. It needs a lot of work in a lot of different areas, and you can't dispute that. Now, what you can dispute is how you would rank things, right? And I think that's kind of what we're going to get into over the course of the next half hour, and we're going to kind of break this thing down. But before we start saying which positions we feel like are the biggest need, and can we address it, or can the Falcons address it through free agency or the draft or both. Tori, I want to go back to something that Terry Fontenot said and a story that you wrote shortly after the end of the season press conference, something like that. It was uh, after the senior bowl. After the senior bowl that basically said uh, when he was talking about best player available, some people freak out because they think Falcons have so many needs. Well, best player available will always address a need. Yeah. Well, especially for, Yeah, no, if you look at this Falcons roster, and this was kind of the gist of of what I was saying in that article that you're referring to, is that when Terry Fano says that they're going to draft the best player available for the Falcons, that essentially means that you are also drafting for need because that's how many needs this specific Falcons team has in 2022. And so when you're looking at it, the more likely than not, it doesn't matter what direction they go in, it's going to be a need. And something that I thought Terry Fontenot said that I think a lot of people maybe think is like a cop out in saying it, but I do think it's very true considering where the organization is. He's like, if he, he's like, essentially like you're always drafting for need because you think about it, like at any point in the next two, three years, you're always going to come back around and need a different type of player and a different type of position. And, and I think like, but in this specific case with the Falcons in 2022, it's like, there's a lot of needs, like a lot, as you alluded to, like there are just so many. And I think you can go up and down this roster and pick any area, honestly, that you want to. And you could make an argument that it's a need and that it will be either this offseason or next offseason. And I do I do kind of believe that I do just believe that's just where this organization is right now. All right, Chris, I'm, I'm officially going off script. We've been in this podcast for five minutes, so that seems pretty <laughs> on brand. Uh, we're talking a lo- about a lot of needs, right? And a lot of things that if you're looking at it as a GM or as a uh, personnel person, that okay, they have, you know, a severe need here or there. Are there any positions outside of, you know, punter or some of the obvious kind of specialist ones? Are there any needs that you would take off the table? Something that isn't worth consideration not just at eight but is there an area of this team where you feel really comfortable it's okay if the answer is no but uh, i'm curious what you think uh <laughs> 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 i would probably say 
Jake and Chris are pretty solid. Uh, I mean, Jake, Jake Matthews makes a lot, mm-hmm. um, but Jake, Jake Matthews and, and Slushman are pretty, pretty solid. Um, yeah, I'll say outside of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, but you still you need another tight end in this offense. So I, I, would I would say that's not a need. Um, you need and another. See, I, I, I was kind of aiming you towards t- towards that like interior linebacker spot, but then I was yeah. thinking, okay, no, because then Foye is a free agent, right? So then you got yeah. another complication there. Yeah, uh, so I, yeah. I don't think there's really any, anything I would I would take off the table really. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all it's like Tori said I think it's I mean I, in general I think uh best player available is the way to do it you know and yeah. what they say I think is, is is definitely the way to do it but yeah especially with this team best player available is filling a need like Tori said yeah yeah so- and something that I, well something that I think is interesting and I, you know when Terry and Arthur first took over here in Atlanta like they said that everything's kind of on the table and that no player is essentially safe to a certain degree, that's not the words that they use, but that's essentially what they meant. And yeah. I think there are a lot of times when new regimes come in and they say that, like they sometimes don't mean it. I 1000% believe with Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot and their whole crew that when they say that every option is on the table, I really do believe that. I really do. Yeah, and I think that's key. And I think prioritizing needs maybe the way that you go or you just build up the roster slowly understanding that it's going to take more than one year to get the the talent base to where it needs to be so over the course of the next half hour ish uh, we're gonna um, go over a number of different topics that tori has laid out for us uh, <laughs> which is where is the falcons most glaring need and of the position group that you choose chose can't read today who are a few <laughs> players you believe could be a good fit for the falcons and of the players you named is one you wouldn't pass up on if he's there at number eight overall in the nfl draft but before we get to that let's offer as we always do a big thank you to our sponsor microsoft windows 11 the official operating system of the nfl and the atlanta falcons the all-new windows 11 is here to bring you closer to what you love like, you know, Falcons Final Whistle podcast. Learn all about the awesome new features of Windows 11 at windows.com. So question number one within the grander question is, uh, Tori, let's start with you since we did before. Uh, since, since it's your question, you might as well have the first opportunity here. Uh, what is the Fal- where is the Falcons most glaring need? This is Tori asking Tori a question for Tori to answer. That's pretty meta at this point. Yeah, it, it's meta. What is a, uh, yeah, no, it definitely is. I love it. Uh, no, but to answer my own question that I posed to myself from <laughs> yeah. myself, um, uh, I just, Okay, so I'm a I'm a backtrack. So Scott's been on vacation for the last couple of days, and while he was on vacation, Chris and I ran bear mail, and we were getting questions and we were answering. And one of the questions, I don't know who wrote it, I just kind of saw it, but it was like, Tori, um, I hope you're not like Scott and trying to shove an edge rusher down our throats, like for <laughs> for the draft or that something like right. that. Sounds right. Yeah, and I was just like. That's exactly what I'm about to do. I'm about to shove, and I in our written portion of this question of the week segment, installment, whatever you want to call it, I said that I'm going to sit here and say, like, I'm going to shove the idea of drafting multiple edge rushers down your throat until draft night. Like, there will be, I personally, I just cannot look at this roster 
especially now that they've released Dante Fowler, which I think we all assumed was coming. I can't look at this roster and not have edge rushers pass rush at, as a number one need. I, I can't, I can't do it. And I think it, it's one of those things where this question of how the Falcons can develop a pass rush is one that's going to hinge and dictate the success of this regime. And I 100% believe that because in the past, in years past, this organization has missed so much on edge rushers. And I'm not just talking about Dante Fowler. I'm talking about a bunch of other people who came before him. And I think like they, there were so many times where the money that was given to these edge rushers didn't pan out and they didn't, they, they didn't do enough with the money that they were given. And I think because of that, you, that's why you saw the Falcons get into a few situations where they, Honestly, we're losing money. They were paying these players a lot of money and then they weren't doing a gosh darn anything with it. Like, and I think like that, if you're a Falcons fan and have been for a very long time, that's frustrating. And I think that the one way that this organization under this new leadership can say that they're different is to actually go out and develop a pass rush. And I'm not saying that this is gonna change in one draft class, but it's something that you would hope to see change in two, three, four years to where they can go back and say, like, this was a glaring need that we saw in the organization and we changed that. So that's a long spiel. And I will continue to hold on to that until draft night. And, and you will hear I will not be putting any other need before pass rush, period. No one's going to be able to change my mind. And the beauty of you going first, right, is that you've taken edge rusher. And it's okay to stay in that realm, though. It absolutely is because it's such a glaring thing, right? I mean, Chris, do, do you fall into that camp or do you go a different direction? Where do you land? Uh, I mean, I'm I, – I, yeah, I think that's the most glaring need. I think everyone – like I said, I think everyone on Twitter tells me that in my replies. I think Kyle Benzion was in there the other day saying that. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. everyone everyone is is has said that and i think that's you know 18 sacks um i think no i was looking back i think the Bengals had 17 last year and then I think, scott i don't know if you were in oakland in 2018 but they had 13 so if yeah. you're you might be the problem here but, <laughs> that's true but <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah so when you have like players you know out sacking your you know your entire defense that's definitely an issue and I think also with a pass rush, right? AJ Terrell looks a lot different. Your your secondary looks a lot different. If you're the the second best guy in the league, and you look at the the other pass rushers there, when you look at um, you know Jalen Ramsey's playing with with Aaron Donald and Von Miller, you look at the the amount of interceptions Trayvon Diggs had is because he's playing with the defensive line is getting after the quarterback. Um, so yeah, I think it's the biggest need, but I think. The, the issue is when you when you have a need like this is is if you reach and you miss it's not it's going to be it's not a good thing to do so that's why again I'm big on I'm big on Derek Stingley um I'm I I like I like I like Sauce Gardner too but I'm big on Stingley I mean he what he did he's injury concerns um and and you know quarter, having two lockdown cornerbacks I mean uh Stingley was a freshman when the year AJ Terrell went in the draft and he was an all American that year, mm. AJ Terrell was a first round pick and, and, but Terrell wasn't an all American. So it's like, this guy was 18 years old playing in the sec and he <laughs> led the conference in interceptions 
and he ran a 4-3 in high school as a 42-inch vert. And he's 6'1", 195. It's like, this guy is kind of, I don't know, when you just look at his measurables and what he's done, he's, he's a guy I like. I also like, the, you know, Kyle Hamilton. And, and like we said before, I think the pass rush is the most glaring need. But again, if, if you're sitting there and you are not in love with the guy, if, if Kayvon is not there, if if there's not, if there's not, if you like the guy from Purdue, George Karlaftis, or you like uh, the edge rusher from Georgia, or like the guy from Michigan, whoever you're in love with, that's who you should take. If you're not in love with an edge rusher there, I think don't reach. Cause like Tori said in the past, they've missed on that. There was, you know, Vic Beasley who had a good season, but kind of went down there and it's just a slippery slope. If you try to reach for that big need. Yeah. yeah. McKinley, the best example. Right. Yeah. UCLA. Love there. Sorry, sorry, Scott. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Do, but can yeah, we talk so, about my dogs in the draft? We can talk about the UGA guys in the draft and make you feel better. Oh my goodness, the amount of bare male questions I get about Georgia defenders um, and why there aren't very many here uh, at, uh, as part of the Falcons. Staggering volume, uh, and I've been thinking about this. And look, if the pass rush is it's it's apparent how bad they need it. And when Chris brings up, um, that was the year 2018 was after they traded uh, Khalil Mack. They cut Bruce Irvin. They had nothing, right? <laughs> there were times where they were last in sacks with Khalil Mack. They had like 22 sacks and he had like 12 or something. And, and I agree with you wholeheartedly that the pass rush can impact everything you do you know, front to back, back to front, right? Complimentary football, what every coach on the planet Earth has ever said. And I agree with all those things. And I'm not saying that you address this need at number eight, but, and people will not love this, right? Because you, it seems like there are two camps. There are edge rusher camps, and then there are protect your quarterback, please, camps, right? Yeah. I'm not going in either one, okay? The, um, I forget. Not to forget it. <laughs> yeah. Forget all those things, right? Um, there's only one receiver who, who finished last year with the team under contract, that's Frank Darby. Kyle, Calvin Ridley is the other one. And even though, I mean, owner, owner Arthur Blank said it, they would like to have him back. It's possible that Calvin wants a fresh start. There's a level of uncertainty there, okay? If he doesn't come back, they got nothing. 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 I'm glad that you're bringing this up because I feel like we need to talk about this. Yeah, and like, I think- this is, a, this is a need that the Falcons have not had in years at wide receiver. Right. Because they've used a lot of high picks on wide receivers, Julio, yeah. Calvin, even what, you know, the, the, and Kyle is a pass catcher, right? That they're, but they've also hit almost yeah. every time with these guys. Wait, but but I who look do you, at who it, do you like there? Yeah, who do you like there? At number eight? Yeah, the guy from uh, UFC. Your yeah. rival, you're going to take the guy from USC? <laughs> take the, see, that would break my heart. I do really like him. Uh, uh, my wife is from Arkansas, so Traylon okay. Burks may have a certain affinity, but uh, I do like the Drake London kid out of USC. Nonetheless, I just see wide receiver that – so when I covered the – I covered the Raiders and then the 49ers, and they made up shirts, George Kittle – Debo Samuel and Kyle Juszczyk that said yak bros. Okay. Because everybody on their team, Kendrick Bourne did the same thing. They were, they took pride in turning a five yard pass into an eight, 
15 yard game, right? And I think if you look at the success that AJ Brown had with Arthur Smith and vice versa, that I think that that type of player needs to get injected into this offense. And at times those guys are another one of those premium spots. So yes, they need to protect Matt Ryan. He's not, he's Matty wheels, but he's no gazelle, right? That's a given. <laughs> but I just think that you need more players who are tough, more guys who can catch the ball. I think too often, yes, this, this offense stalled because he, he wasn't protected enough. It also stalled because he didn't have anywhere to throw the ball, right? There's no separation. Russ was having to make crazy acrobatic catches while covered on third and blank. So ultimately I'm going to go. Yeah. In that direction, I'm going to say a uh, receiver is an issue, whether Calvin comes back or not. I think yeah. the level of uncertainty, who knows when that will get remedied. If when, Falcons and Calvin will have a good idea of what will happen next, but that's a huge question that needs to be answered um, moving forward. I don't care what that answer is. I still think wide receiver is huge. Um, and that obviously doesn't discount everything Chris was saying about Stingley means that they need, I mean, everybody needs a, a player like that. I'm a Stingley guy too, but a uh, quarterback issue, right? Offensive tackle. We're not blind. That's an issue. Left guard. That's an issue. There's who knows, maybe off the ball linebacker is an issue. So many different places um, can cause problems. And just by me saying receiver doesn't mean that I don't, I can't also acknowledge, again, rational discourse. I can't also acknowledge that pass rusher is a huge problem. Um, so nonetheless, let's move on here to topic numero dos. Of the position group you chose, who are a few players that you believe could be a good fit for the Falcons? I assume that would mean free agency draft or what have you. Yeah, I, I went draft. I'm glad that Chris went free agency um, because I think, well, I think you went free agency. Yeah, you did. Both. I went both. You went both. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. We're for those that are listening, we're, I'm legit just like looking at what we wrote because <laughs> I forgot already. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think like for me, if I'm just looking at the draft, I think, you're happy with the way that this draft class looks um, when it comes to edge rushers. I, I think like Aiden Hutchinson is going, is not going to be there at eight. Nope. Um, I think Kayvon Thibodeau, I think could maybe be there at eight. Maybe I'm that's a hard, maybe that's not a like, Oh, maybe it's a, that's a hard, maybe. Uh, I don't, if he's there, here's the thing. And you this is where you can get into so many different topics of conversation in the draft. Let's say Thibodeau falls to eight. Let's say that also for some reason that a guy like Kyle Hamilton or, uh, Derek Stingley are also there at eight. I don't think that would happen, but this is just me spitballing. I would love to know where the Falcons like put their like wish list of players and because if it's the best player available, it's really hard to discern for those three who you would put over who, because all three are kind of a need for the Falcons and, and significant needs, especially cornerback and edge rusher. So if they're all there, who are you putting over who? But that, that, that that's probably definitely not going to happen. I'm just kind of throwing that out there because I think it's interesting. But I I personally really like Kayvon Thibodeau, even though I know a lot of people are kind of like hot and cold on him. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, Trayvon Walker, um, go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So I had to throw that one in there. Um, but I think trade like, down prospect. <laughs> as a trade down prospect. Honestly, I think the uh, the Falcons should just like trade down continuously and just pick up all the Georgia defenders. And and that and that be it. Whenever I make my drafts like for funsies, like and publish it, that's what I'm actually gonna do. <laughs> just find yeah, a way I mean, to get everybody. Walker, yeah, Davis, Kine. Every yeah, yeah. dean, you name it. <laughs> All of them. I'm not, I'm not, you think I'm joking. I'm not joking. I'm going to do that and I'm going to publish it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I think that I, I kind of mentioned it earlier from the, the draft standpoint. And then from free agency, I think if you look at the guys who are free agents, they're probably going to be out, <laughs> outpriced um, for the Falcons. It's like, you know, Vod Miller, Chandler Jones, Clowney. Um, list Randy Gregory. Um, I mean, there, there's the two guys I kind of looked at were they don't they might not make sense because it's Melvin Ingram, who's uh, I think he's 37, who you could maybe get on on a one year deal. I think uh, Pro Football Focus projected that he might sign a one year eight million dollar deal. And then there's Jerry Hughes and, and Melvin Ingram had two sacks in the playoffs. He he was productive this season. Um, there's Jerry Hughes from the Bills who. He had the 15th highest PFF pass rush grade. He didn't have the, the gaudy kind of sack number. I think he had three or two sacks. But those are two guys I looked at as far as free agency, where the Falcons could go. But I think building through the draft in a particularly deep edge draft would probably be the best route. Yeah, I also think there's something to be said about what Scott was saying about, like, trading down. I, I think, like, we could probably do a whole podcast on the potential of trading down. And most certainly will. There are a lot of these podcasts. There are a lot of off-season weeks. (laughs) Um, I was looking at the wide receivers, right? And we we talked some in my earlier spiel about players that could be available there at eight, right? And it's one of those things because you go back and forth with it. And I'm taking a look at free agency because the problem is they have so many needs at premium positions, guys in free agency that are going to be expensive, quarterbacks expensive address expensive right tackles expensive expensive everything has a huge price tag if you want to go get like an instant established fix um and there's only one first round draft pick there uh some second rounders they gotta fix that Uh, i had some bare mill people say there's a curse of second rounders in atlanta too that needs (laughs) to get fixed as well uh but nonetheless i'm taking a look at it and i'm talking about building a um uh, some yak bros. I really think Mike Williams, Clemson guy who played uh, for the Chargers for a while, he averaged five yards after the 5.5 yards per reception after the catch. Uh, big dude, powerful guy, has some injury history, obviously, but not really recently. Um, but the thing is, is it's just one of those deals where I could say, yeah, go get him. And his market could, could spin into a stratosphere that the Falcons can't hope to compete with. And there's nothing to say that that wouldn't happen. People may roll their eyes at me saying that's not possible. And that it's, you know, that you just don't know until you look at the volume of what I think is a pretty good crop of, of wide receivers. Right. I mean, who knows who's going to hit the market, Um, but you could take a flyer on a guy like Will Fuller, who's been, who hasn't played very much Emmanuel Sanders to lead a couple of drafted players in here Um, that there are some options, guys who can be team leaders, I've, I've, I've been around Emmanuel a, a little bit, which is why he jumped out at me. I know he's a couple of years older at the end of his career, um, but the guy can command a meeting room. I think those things are important. Uh, so when you look at, you know, things like that, you think, okay, can you go find that type of player? Again, it does hurt 
to have to say, all right, well, uh, that, that the kid out of USC looks like a big, tough, physical wide receiver. I think there's five, six guys who could be considered first round, you know, targets or, and you can bleed into the second round. There's a bunch of really good examples of guys that have been taken in the second rounds, especially recently. Yeah, yeah. Chase Claypool is second round pick. There's a guy from Indianapolis whose name is escaping me, but Michael there's Pittman. some opportunity there. Yeah. You know, I was gonna say like the guy from USC is, is 6'5, 210 pounds. Yak bro. So, yeah, he's a yak bro. And he move he doesn't move like that though. He moves like he's not that. So he's like a like a he he's a guy who, like you said, that I think that he would fit right in when you look think about what AJ Brown does and yards after catch. So Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in the second round, too, like you said, I mean, T. Higgins was a second round guy. DK was a second round guy. So, yeah, you can you could definitely build through there. Yeah. So, so we so we just I mean, if we're it's tough because it's like we're, we're talking a lot about edge rushers. We're, we're talking about wide receivers. We uh, we just how do we fix the offensive line then? Can we do that in three minutes and 45 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> There's no, okay. I, so I know a lot of people are like, go after an offensive tackle in the first round. And while I don't hate that idea, I just, I find it really hard to, you just, you You guys should see Tori's like the stress on her face. Normally you can, (laughs) I have no poker face. Tori is like massaging her temples, trying to work out the stress (laughs) of saying right tackle isn't an issue. It's great. (laughs) I'm not saying that right tackle isn't an issue. Right tackle is an issue. I'm just saying that you think about it, like Jake Matthews has two years left on his contract and Caleb McGarry is not probably performing at the clip that you want him to. So both of those positions are kind of up in the air over the next couple of years. And then you have left guard and like, I, I just don't know. I don't know how to piece this group together. And I don't know, I'm glad I don't, I'm not paid to do it because I, God, I'm, I'm really stressed out about it. Um, and I don't like what you're talking about too. Like if you look at the free agency market, like offensive linemen are pretty expensive. And then like you, you need a difference maker now and you like, you don't like, you have so many other needs too. And I just don't know. I don't know where to go first with this offensive line. And it's unfair of you to ask this question of me. (laughs) (laughs) Especially with a like ticking clock on it. Again, I cannot emphasize enough. Chris and I just watched Tori melt into a puddle of stress. Yeah, she's very stressed. (laughs) You can talk to me me about wide receivers and cornerbacks and edge rushers all day long. But as soon as you bring up the offensive line, I'm like, good for nothing. I don't know how to fix it. And someone else needs to fix it for me because I can't do it. Yeah, (laughs) I I mean, I I just have, you know, this is sort of just generally speaking. Do you want to crack at the best cornerback on the board? Do you want to crack at the fourth best edge rusher? Do you want to crack at the fourth best offensive tackle maybe at, 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 at number eight? Do you want the best at that position that you can find? Or do you want three other teams leftovers? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it all depends on the depth of the class. and There's a lot going on there. Um, but so I guess just real quick, as we wrap this thing up at number eight, there's a good edge rusher on the board, just like what you were talking about, the, 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 the Hamilton Thibodeau exercise, right? 
You yeah, just take Hamilton the best player. Great. Even if edge rusher is your best need and Kyle Hamilton's above him on the board, you take that guy. You take the Notre Dame kid, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I feel like that's I, what we do. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, I watched a guy run from the – he was on the opposite hash, and then he 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 made it to the other side of the field in like 0.1 seconds. So, <laughs> and, caught a pick. and then from right there, I said, all right, I'm taking him. Taking them. That's yeah. what I said. I, said, I didn't need to see anything. That's my pick. And and that I think is our great truth, right? Is that we've identified some major needs. I think we can all agree that edge rusher is the biggest one. But when it comes down to it, there are so many needs on this team. You take the best, most talented player that you can find, but still having to address that primary need at some point in the draft or in free agency to help you immediately and in the long term.